Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, everyone. Uh, Welcome back to Behind the Sermon podcast. And uh, I'm your host today, Stephen Johnson, and I'm here with our pastors, Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Nate. Hey, Stephen. Yo, uh, well, uh, we are in Maine currently doing our planning retreat, uh, planning and praying over what we need to do next year. Um, and um, uh, yeah, how are you guys doing? We've been going from really I have long a, time. I have a little bit of a headache, but it's going away. That's nice. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think, did we spend the last five hours? Yes. Longer than that or shorter than that? The last five hours working on sermon series for 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five hours, yeah. And it feels like the Lord is speaking. I mean, we're not done <laughs> yeah. yet. Yeah. But that is a very exciting it is. sermon series list. Um, just as God's directing us mm-hmm. as a team, it just feels, I mean, that feels right. And we've talked about it before, but I love... I love this process. I love sitting around planning it. Like the closer we get to a finished calendar, I just feel a lot of excitement thinking about each topic, thinking about what each series will feel like, will teach like, and then even trying to think through, like obviously we, we don't know, but even trying to think through like what is God preparing us for through these series? So, so many times people we've talked about before, people come up and be like, did you move around series just for this season of the church or season of culture? And almost every time it's like, no, we, we prayed about this last year at the end of the year. And so whenever I look at this, I'm just like, you know, you try and think through like, all right, God, what's going to happen next year? Can I figure it out through trying to decipher the sermon series code? Cause he just works that way. Let me ask you one question, simple question. Uh, each of you can answer. What are you excited about the most for next year? Um, <laughs> well, one thing I can't say on the podcast, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> for the podcast listeners, is a pretty exciting announcement coming up in a few weeks. So now you're in the know. That, yeah, <laughs> that's nice. Awesome. <laughs> We'll leave it there. Um, Pastor Jeremy. I'm not sure. Like for me, I'm just excited for like towards the end of this year, I felt like our teams really started stepping up in, in, in every category. I feel like our, our worship team across locations is, is better than it's ever been. And as far as their community together yep. and how they plan. And I think even our, our kids, like everyone is starting to just function together yeah. in a way that we haven't seen. So I'm excited to see a full year of that. We've seen this kind of second half of the year start to function like that. And if we stay on this track, we're just going to have a, a, a full year really living out that core value together. And um, I'm just excited for that. And so I'm excited for this portion of retreat where our department heads are going to show up and we're going to talk through what we have and then plan with them. And it feels like just the kickoff of a sweet, unified 
year, even though people listening, this feels like a New Year's podcast to you, but this is New Year's Eve for us. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of prayer and planning that goes into yeah. everything we do. And there are sometimes like we're shuffling and shifting and winging and we maybe we thought we heard God, but he redirects us or, but for the large part, like these are big moments where God's just lining, lining everything up. And I do, I agree with you with the teams. Um, our, now we've always historically had good teams at Restoration Church, mm. but we've been shuffling here for this year. I mean, in March, I was talking with my, um, with my, like my coach, he's a pastor in Texas, uh, who some of you met on Sunday, Jeremy Ancy, because he's in New Hampshire this weekend. Mm. He, um, in March, we were talking about switching our org chart and how we run our teams and even our model and how we staff our churches and our locations. And we're now... We do. We we're now there. Like all of our yeah, our teams are all shifting now to that model. A, a few months later, and it's just we're we're getting ready for what God has for us next. And it feels like wow, we're almost ready. So now, what's God gonna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get on the cusp of it, and you just pray like, all right, God, like open it up. Let's go. Like, Was it? I always forget Elijah or Elisha who went to the widow and said, gather all your pots. And so she had a preparation process of gathering all the pots and then God did the miracle of filling it with oil. So Mm. we're in a pot gathering. (laughs) It has nothing to do with Maine dispensaries. I was just going to say I know we're in Maine, but we're in a pot gathering. That's why we had to drive to Maine. (laughs) (laughs) And and now it's like, okay, we're now standing and God's going to start filling. Yeah. That's really, absolutely, really great. Well, we finished up our series, Predictive Text. Yeah. So give me your guys' thoughts. Obviously, it was a whirlwind. I had a ton of notes and we were just going. Um, But give me your feedback on just everything, all the uh, evidence of, Two-minute contractions that I tried to <laughs> share. Um, I, I, I loved it a lot. I don't think um, I don't think we've quite ever gotten into that. And I think you did it so well. I thought this Sunday, probably just because you were racing against the clock, so you had a little urgency on your face, second service. But I realized this whole series you could have come across as that meme that goes around of all the the pieces of yarn taped across the back of the wall and the guy's like looking at it with his eyes wide and his hair crazy. Like that's how it could come across to people who have not been to church before. But we've had guests throughout the series um, and no one's been like, oh my gosh, this crazy church. Like we've, you've taught it in such a way that has um, gotten us excited, gotten me excited and almost, um, almost normalized it in a way, you know what I mean? Like, and you even talked through, I loved how much you shared through, like, I'm not trying to sensationalize this. I'm not trying to, and I just always appreciate that you do that. Um, especially with 
topics like this, but I've even heard feedback from people who like people are getting into the sermon and then they're listening to this podcast and saying like, I love that you guys even come here and you're like, yeah, this used to freak me out too. And like, you're helping me understand it. And it's helped other Christians be like, okay, yeah, I felt anxiety too, but now I feel calm because I know more. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that is, I wasn't expecting that as that, the outcome, but I love that that's been the outcome. It's like, let's stop freaking out. There's no reason. Right. And, um, and that's just a really cool piece of this series that I've loved. Uh, just as a side note, I, I don't know what our listenership is to the podcast. We've never, I've never looked at any stats. So I have no idea, yeah. but I always assume it's like three people. Oh no. Um, Ryan Ness. to 50. Ryan Ness, me, and uh, <laughs> and my wife doesn't listen to it. My, Ryan Ness, me, and I forget there's one other person. I uh, Amanda Knowles, like it's like three of us that listen to the <laughs> podcast. But but the people who came up to me at church on Sunday and said, "How's Asher doing?" and I'm like, "How'd they hear about yeah. Asher?" I'm like, "Oh, they listen oh, yeah. to the podcast." Yeah. And uh, anyway, I, had I last- appreciate you guys listening because it does. It is effort on our part to do this yeah and so anyway everybody listening thank you i love you that was the nicest pastor appreciation gift you could have, <laughs> you could have ever given <laughs> i got um i got the opposite when i showed up at plymouth someone called me kermit off of uh some joke you made about me <laughs> i was like cool enough people listen to that to keep that joke alive <laughs> well welcome to plymouth man <laughs> It's way different it awesome. up there. That was Jake. He's been listening to. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, awesome. yeah, yeah. He yeah. tells me, yeah. talks to me at all staffs about. He's really <laughs> constant, but uh, I think one of the one of the things I love about this series was uh, it it created such a urge to love God in a new way. Hmm. It was not. It was not like all right, he's coming, you you know, better get your axe ready or else you're doomed. You know, yeah. it was not conveyed or you didn't, I think you didn't focus on that part, but you focused on that. Hey, people, you know, destination, focus on that, you know, you know, focus on the love of Christ. And uh, I think it was needed because if, that I think you preaching that love aspect of it or like that urgency to it eliminated the part of like being scared of listening to this or like being like, oh my gosh, like, oh, if I don't do this, I'm doomed. I'm going to hell. You know, it was not that. It was like, oh, let me love. How can I love Jesus more so I'm ready when he comes? Mm. You know, so I, I love that part. You know, I... I did not hear one single like, oh my gosh, I hate this series or like, I'm scared to even listen, be in the sanctuary listening to this. And we had a lot of new guests as Pastor Jeremy said, like we had guests, but he was like, wow, you guys talk about this, huh? Like, yeah, why not? It's written in the Bible. you're shouting at me. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Normally we were like, oh, you guys, you know, what the heck? You always talk about, you know, whatever. But it was just, hey, thanks for talking about this. Uh, we normally don't hear churches talk about all this. But, uh, you know, and letting people ask whatever questions they had. 
I think that was a huge part. Like, yeah. you know, hey, we are ready to answer whatever you ask, right? Like, it's not like us preaching and, you know, talking and just or shoving this into you. <laughs> but, hey, just ask us. Yeah, I'll do a quick pause right there. If you asked a question and we net didn't answer it, it's because we didn't get it. You did something wrong when you texted us the question. Yeah, I was going to say, let's, so, if you're listening, like, oh, here we go. Let, let me tell you how to ask a question. Just text one word to that number. The word is thoughts to 97000. It will then say, what's your question? Whatever you send after that, we read. But if you say thoughts and your whole question after, it's mad. So I didn't understand that. I didn't explain that well. <laughs> Text thoughts and your questions too. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions we didn't get. <laughs> so. Yeah. And a lot, lot of half questions that well, yeah. the the uh, the uh, the code was just trying to figure out what to send. So um, apologize for that. We'll have to work on a clearer process. If you don't want to be anonymous, you can punch it in on We Are Restoration Facebook group. Oh, yeah. And... Well, um, I meant to do that before we recorded today, but I was thinking about 2023 and <laughs> forgot about today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, how did, uh, I don't know if you talked about it. I was not here uh, doing this, this serious podcast, but how did you uh, ended up choosing this topic? What prompted you to talk about it? Um. So we, this is a series that was not on our calendar for last year. Yep. But in January of 2022, I was with my friend Jeremy Yancey that I just talked about. And someone said something about predictive text. And I went, I pulled out my phone and wrote it down. And I said, I'm going to preach that next year. They're like, huh? Predictive text. I'm going to talk about the Bible scripture, the, the text that talks about the future. And I just wrote it down in my sermon notes. I was going to do it in 2023. But then we ended up moving a couple of things around in 2022. And October was open. And I'm like, I want to. Because remember, we moved the villain series yep. ahead like three weeks. Yep. So we made this kind of a And kind so of a then all of a sudden there's a hole. I'm like, I want to do three. I'll do three weeks of predictive text. That yep. would be great. And yep. I was pretty excited about it. And so that's how. It was just that we shifted, we shifted our sermon or deleted a sermon. Like once it got closer, it was like, nah, I don't feel that. And so we deleted it, moved villains up, and then stuck this in. So why did we want to do a predictive text? Again, right? Because it's not end times. It's not revel do a thing on revelation. And, you know... Talk I'm, not about the beast. I, I, I'm not trying to disparage anybody, but the the people who follow the religion of end times, not the religion of Christianity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't like to get into that, but to talk about what what scripture says, mm -hmm. and to be excited that Jesus is going to come back again, I just think is as it gets worse. You know, I've just met so many Christians and pastors over the years who are so much um, a, a, I hate to say Debbie Downer because that's my mother-in-law's name, but they're, <laughs> they're Debbie Downer. 
a big Eeyore. Oh, the Lord, the world is so bad. <laughs> we'll never win. The church will never grow. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't think we're reading the same book. Yeah. Yeah. You read the end? Did you? <laughs> yeah. You've read the stuff Did about the up? cross, right? The resurrection. Are you familiar with that Christian doctrine? <laughs> you are. Huh. Now, that's not to say I don't ever get depressed and lament. Yeah. I mean, there's a place for lamenting. Yeah. But not for, uh, I wish I could make some quick word joke. I was so close. That's, you've been writing a sermon stuck. series all day. It was, it was there. Place for lamenting, but not. It'll come. I'll just scream it out randomly through the podcast. The rhyming. I uh, I did love that that's kind of how you took it with the stats because it wasn't just, here's a, here's a stat that could stress you out. Don't worry, Jesus is in control. Here's a stat that could stress you out, but don't worry, Jesus is in control. And then it's like, let's talk about one more when you talked about um, the kingdom advancing, right? The kingdom advancing, the church advancing. Um, yeah. The, and the you, increase in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And, um, which I screwed up, by the way. Yeah. Let's, it's you want to talk million, about it? <laughs> it's billion. It's billion. <laughs> I'm so mad that I had a typo on my slide. Perfect. That I'm answers so mad one question. That I kept I got saying million over and over and over again. All I know, I didn't know what I was saying, but I knew when I was saying it. That whole Dover Auditorium was not responding the way I thought they would. I'm like, why are they not excited why about this? Why are they not freaking out? Like, because everybody's like, what? We are dying off. <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> no. 600 million Christians in 1910. 2.6 billion Christians <laughs> in 2022. A two billion person increase. increase and that's not even include that's that's not a total of salvations over the last 112 years that is currently living christians yeah wow so yeah. that is more wow. than two billion salvations in i loved um, that 112 year time on this real it is revival happening across the world Absolutely. and it will catch up here in new hampshire if we will uh, if we will not grow weary in well-doing. Yeah. If we faint not, we will reap. God's going to do it here. Right. That's so good. Glory, hallelujah. <laughs> he has set me free. Um, I, uh, <laughs> look what the Lord sorry, has we'll done. Yeah. Come on. Old-fashioned praise. Look, look. Two billion salvations. Steven. Here we go. Get the tambourine. Uh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> You then forgot your question. We all, no, we you just made me think. We so we play to a metronome. The worship team. We have a a click track behind us and a little voice that tells us what part of the song we're in. There's one voice. His name is like I forget his name. It's just John or something. But instead of instrumental, he goes praise break, and it's just that's what just happened in front of me. So I had his voice in my head. Praise break. Um, no, the other stat you shared that was um, that was really crazy. I don't remember. I don't lament know I... not ferment. <laughs> Got oh, it. Perfect. There you go. 
We're not, supposed to, we're not supposed to sour and curdle. You can lament, but not ferment. And I write that down in my sermon series ideas That's, for 2020. Yeah, we got three weeks in August. Let's throw lament, not ferment. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. I'll wait. You good now? A little typing. <laughs> the other stat you shared that I loved when you talked through Christianity... Facing persecution? No, no, no. You talked about Christianity growing faster than the population. Yeah. That stat, like I just looked at Haley went, that one energizes me. To know that stat, that energizes me. I don't know. I don't know why, but that is just such a great. I'm no mathematician, so I couldn't figure it out. But the, the growth, the population growth rate, rate is 1.2%. Christianity's growth rate is 1.27%. Yeah. So 0.07 increase, which again is remarkable. Yeah. It's remarkable. You think 0.07% big deal. It is remarkable. So I was trying to figure out how many, an estimate of how many salvations that is per day, but I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out what the math was. Um, I may look it up. How many, how many salvations per day? Anyway, keep talking. I'll look. Either way, I just, um, I love that that's where you went towards the end. I love that that was the direction. It was such encouragement. Um, I don't know. I just feel like if anyone has a ministry call, that should step you into like, let's do this. You know what I mean? Like, it's not this weary road. It's like, okay. Um, it's the idea of like the, the battle's already being one right now, you just you just can hop in and and join in and reap the benefit. Like that's what it felt like. I was just like, let's go, ready to ready to rock. And uh I just love I loved that direction towards the end. Thought it was a great end to the entire series. It was yeah, well I thank you for that. Um uh one stat at China estimating between 10,000 and 25,000 salvations per day in China. China? Wow. 10,000 to 25,000 per day. So, Heck. Anyway, in China? Yeah, in China. It's it's crazy. Every day 20,000 Africans come to Christ. You know, it's was it this series you talked about like when when persecution or this message sorry that you preached about when persecution no that was in the murderer to missionary series got you okay yeah you talked about like where there's persecution simultaneously yeah there's more there's growth it's there's growth it starts thriving and like it's so bad because there's more there's there you end up with more pure representations of christians right because it's not social like hey are you a christian heck no (laughs) whereas opposed to like America in the 1980s, everybody called themselves a Christian because that's what got you the status. <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's like, um, it's it just, you. obviously we don't want it. We want the fruit free country of America. <laughs> but man, one of the best things that could happen would be to make it just a little more of a challenge to be the Christian because again, like you said, like that more pure and honest representation, um, you know, it's just the idea. Like if this felt like this urgent, 
underground. Mm. Don't get caught, but tell everyone you can. Right. Um, it just would have such a different feel. There's, oh, I started watching um, the ser- the sh- the movie Testament. I don't know if you had watched it. It's no. on. It's on. Um, Angel Studios, same same place that made The Chosen. They're retelling. It's it's. Oh yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, this. so you can watch it, or is it? It's it's up there now. So this is the movie that's inspiring a TV show that they're making. Wow. So the movie's older. It's kind of low budget. So you have to forgive it because it's like almost like a college group made the vid, made the movie, but they're retelling acts like it's happening right now, and. The persecution of the church looks like SWAT teams breaking into a house that is praying to Jesus. And it is, um, it just gives you this sort of like, there's so, it's so important. There's so much um, intentionality behind what they're doing because if it was fake, they would just stop because mm-hmm. there's SWAT team members breaking into their house. And um, it just, I think it shows why. Christianity really thrives within that type of real persecution that's happening in countries like China. Matt, I think about um, I think about the underground churches in the Middle East. Mm. Nobody knows it, but it's just thriving. It's just thriving, like m- Muslims getting saved, like Muslims having. Yeah, because it's dangerous there too, right? To huh? It's dangerous. In India too, in some yeah, areas. Northern India is a lot oh, of yeah. Northern India, like I right know now. personal stories of pastors being stripped naked, tied to, tied each other, like husband and wife, stripped naked, and uh, tied themselves each other, and they harassed them, and you know they had to walk from one town to another town naked on the road, oh tied, and like while they. While they walk, they're getting beaten by people. Wow. And their kids have to forcefully watch them walk naked and get trashed. And then ultimately they let them on fire and things like that. You know, it's just, you know, crazy what happens. But, you know, as you said, there's a there's a growth that happens from that. Like, you know, there's, you know, because... Really, like even some of the Muslims or like Hindus come to know about Christ with that act. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Like yeah. to even no think about that. No one's crazy enough to go through that for no reason. Yeah. For a lie. Yeah. So when they realize, why, why are they doing this? Why are they not like, uh, you know, cursing their God and repenting Rama, Rama or Shiva, Shiva? Or like worshiping the Hindu gods. Right. Why are they not? There should be something right. that they have it, that they claim, you know. And so persecution increase. There's a vast increase in salvation because of that act. You know, so. I remember hearing, um, like just thinking through how that proves the gospel or proves that God is real, that you look through like, the book of acts and how really the text that we have that translates to our version of the book of acts like that's more i forget how it's worded in the the case for christ like it has more um 
backing behind it than some of the stuff that's in our history books. It has more. Oh yeah, there's a lot more more uh, authority, more weight behind it by how they found the evidence. I can't because um, like uh, the New Testament, we have more original manuscripts of it than like Homer's Odyssey. Same with the Old Testament. So, you you know, you're like, how can we trust that? Well, how can we trust these other Right. Historical documents. That we're you not have even fighting. One per- there's no fight. There's just, yeah, this is history. And then that's it. Yeah. But then the Bible, and the Bible has Jewish historians, um, you know, the Old Testament. There's some Egyptian writings, some Babylonian yep. writings that verify and line up to it. And, and just so you think through that, so we know historically we can trust people were getting killed because they were like, no, I saw Jesus die and I saw him alive. People were getting yeah. murdered for that. Yeah. Why on earth would you get murdered for a lie? Right. That's just such a big, right. like, wow, there's no way. Like, we have to take that for what yeah. it is. Like, so the 12, truth. the 11 disciples after Jesus, including, and then you can include Paul, right? So Peter, we're going to kill you. We're going to torture you and then kill you. So just go ahead and admit it. You made it up. You guys stole the body from the tomb. I'm sorry. Peter was a married man. You're not going to just give up your family because you're trying to play some hoax. Yeah. There's nothing. You get nothing from it if you die. Right. If you're Peter. There's no game. You've made it all up. And and so 10 of the 11 were all killed. John himself was tortured, brutalized. They thought they killed him. He just ended up living through it. Do we, so moving forward, uh, you know, thinking about the second coming of Jesus and uh, just the thought of, you know, the persecution is not going to uh, lessen or the, uh, like the seriousness of it or like the severity of it won't lessen, but it will increase it. What should we, what should be the, Try for us as a Christian or believer that we need to be happy about, like even if the persecution, like like those kind of persecution that the disciples went through, like the one I was talking about, like we don't see that here common. Yeah. It's, it's not common here, but it's common, like that part of the world, like, you know, uh, what... What should we try for not to be discouraged if that happens here, but but it's for the benefit or the kingdom is waiting for yeah, us? Yeah, so there's a, a couple of things. One, if you face persecution and you trust Jesus for it, you need to think, you need to be thinking, God, that the persecution proves your faith. So that's a positive thing. Like, all right, I endured it. I didn't reject my, I didn't reject my savior. Mm. Yeah. And so that is one of the positive things of it. Like mm. we can say, well, I wouldn't deny my faith, but until you're yes, forced to def- deny your faith, you don't know if you would or not. So when you, when you stay true to Christ through persecution, I mean, there's not a bigger test to your faith than you'll ever face than that. And so you, like that is a great, like, oh, praise God that I, 
am with you, that I didn't leave you, yeah. that I didn't forsake you. And you get great joy and from that. Holy Spirit as well, he's not a comforter because we make slogans about him and buy Hobby Lobby signs. He's not a comfort like that. He's a physical, tangible comforter. Yeah. And so in suffering, you feel the Holy Spirit. Stephen's getting pummeled with, not this Stephen, the one in the Bible, he's getting pummeled by rocks oh, right as they're now. executing him. And his response is, I see Jesus. I see him at the right hand of the Father. And he's getting drilled. And the mm. only thing, he's surrounded by the Holy Spirit and he's seeing Christ. He's not saying, ow, <laughs> ow. I see Jesus on the throne. And that's the other thing. You read about executions. Um, uh, Polycarp, who was discipled by John, who wrote Re Revelation. He is 80 years old. They bring him into the Colosseum and they're going to kill him. I'm trying to recall this story from my head. They, the crowd yells, give him to the lions, give him to the lions. And they decide to burn him at the stake. And when he is lit on fire, he hears the Holy Spirit speak to him, play the man, which is what Mark Patterson's book of the same title is based off of. And he doesn't scream. He doesn't beg for mercy. I forget what he does. Like, but he, he's a man empowered by the Holy Ghost as he's being burned alive. I think John Huss was burned at the stake and he was singing hymns to the Lord. Just imagine you're being lit on fire and you're singing, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Yeah. Oh my soul. And it's just the spirit and presence of God in that execution. Uh. Because you know hey, I'm going to be with you, Jesus, face-to-face -face here in a couple of years. Which even more, you think about, like, like when, when people get caught on fire, right, their body reacts. They don't, so just thinking through, like, being surrounded in the Holy Spirit, like, most people, when they get caught on fire, literally, they run because their body's just telling them to. They don't know why. They don't have control over it yeah. because their body's like, you're on fire, you're, you're dying, run, whatever you're at. And so to think that somehow you could still function in a capacity to worship God. That's insane. Right? Like that's, that's insane. You, you should be flailing because your body's trying to run. Right. And he's worshiping like, wow, that yeah. is bonkers. Holy spirit empowered worship. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> but sometimes I music is too loud that. and I don't want to sing. <laughs> that's just the american american culture a little bit oh boy was that stabby i don't know i don't didn't think it was stabby not for me <laughs> not for me yeah no that's um that's awesome um john wycliffe burned at the stake for translating the bible william tyndale um Strangled and burned at the stake. Um, 
for uh, translating the Bible. But one of those guys, I forget, there's just in history a bunch of miraculous. One of the guys when they burned, were burned at the stake, and I can't remember who, maybe I'm making it up. Maybe it's not true at all. But I can't you always do, say that, but you don't you don't do that. <laughs> I can't do research. Well, the problem is sometimes my photographic memory is photoshopped. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so convinced, but it, someone photoshopped it. It's it was a fake. <laughs> um but one of these guys when they're getting burned at the stake, all right, which would be a putrid smell. Think about when your wife's using her hair straightener times a million. <laughs> but they but th- what they what they didn't smell was um, they didn't smell burning flesh. No, they smelled like a sweet aroma. Really? It was like an incense. It was like this miraculous. It was a miracle. Yeah. But you, I, the guy's being burned alive. He died. He was charred. But that's not, the smell was, Yeah. you know, like um, if you've ever smelled like an anointing oil, that's got all the, all, all the, it's not just Aromatics olive oil. And, it's got all the other incense in it. Yeah. It was like this beautiful wow. smell. And people were like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we did something wrong. That should have smelled bad. Well, it's like the guys who executed Jesus. <laughs> Three o'clock, lightning, thunder, blackness. And they said, Truly, this man was the son of God. Like, we uh, think of it like, truly, this man was the son of no, God. This was they like, were like, I told their you pants. so. They just pooped their pants, their Roman outfit. And they're like, ah, I think he was God. Ah. <laughs> and they just like Homer Simpson into the bush. <laughs> it wasn't me. Oh, man. I told you we shouldn't have done it. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a bad, you, you just executed God. And you're like, oh, 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 crap. <laughs> like, I just imagine. But anyway, same thing. Like, I probably no different than using the Lord's name in vain. Right? What? I didn't make the connection. Between killing Jesus or using the Lord's name in vain. Oh. Same difference, just as equally bad. Sinful. Well, anyway, I, I think we're running fight. out of time here. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk through resources for people. I thought of two be- book recommendations based off this series. So one, we did a sermon series on it before um, Thriving in Babylon, but it's a book by Larry Osborne. Mm. So... That's about Jewish people. They all got captured and brought to Babylon. So you're not living in Jerusalem anymore. You're living in a foreign pagan culture. How do you do that? How do you thrive like God told them to do through the prophet Jeremiah when you're living in a foreign pagan culture, which we are. Yeah, that is, um, for those who hate reading, that is on Right Now Media. On right now, media. Great, so it's a good for a small group. Our our small group did it in 2017. Whenever we preached that sermon series, the other one is the Daniel dilemma, and that's by that's, Pastor Chris Hodges. Also in right now media. That might Daniel be in right dilemma? now media. Oh, wow. So the Daniel dilemma. So those are two books that I would recommend. 
And again, it's both. So the Daniel dilemma, Daniel's living in Babylon. He's told not to pray. He's told worship, um, you know, worship the king. He's told to eat food sacrificed to idols. And, but yet he ends up, he's second in command in the nation as a Hebrew, as a Hebrew captive. He's second in the nation for decades and decades and decades. Mm. And when he's thrown in the lion's den as an old man, the king, King Cyrus, was tricked into doing it at the right. time. And then the king was the first one there in the morning. David, yeah. what? <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> goodness. You're alive. And being that loved, being yeah. that prosperous, and being in a foreign secular culture, and you never compromise. So those are two books for you. I don't know if you guys got anything else to add. No, just, I mean, even just what I was talking about, that um, that little movie that they came out with, I think it just puts it into modern perspective. Yeah. On I had to watch that with my boys. Yeah, Angel Studios app has it. It's called Testament just really puts it into modern perspective and kind of freaks you out. <laughs> but that's a great one. And I recommend some biographies, William Tyndale biography, um, John Wycliffe biography, John Huss biography, Polycarp biography. I already told you guys, I think last week about which Richard Wormbrand, um, but read these biographies of yeah. Christians who face persecution. Your faith will be strengthened. Mm. <laughs> And you'll say, God, may I live with such courage and conviction yeah. as that. And uh, yeah, so. That's awesome. Hey, guys, thanks for hanging out. Why don't we do that for the next 48 hours? Great. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Sounds here. like a plan. <laughs> well, All right. Next week we start. Next series. Uh, next, yeah, we, we're moving into Miracle Offering. November 13th, begin to pray. God, what do you want to do through us? What do you want to do through me? And I just be obedient to what God says. He's going to do a miracle. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see what he does. God bless. Have fun, guys. 